Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, Episode 276. The Positive Productivity Podcast was created to empower entrepreneurs to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success. I'm your host, Kim Sutton, and if you're ready, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and I'm so happy that you are here to join us today. And I'm thrilled to introduce you to our guest, Kaveh. Kaveh is an inspiration engineer and an edutainer. Did I say that right? Edutainer, not edu- educator. Edu- no, edu- <laughs> educator, not educator. Like, edutainer. No. Oh, edutainer. See, Positive Productivity Podcast is not about perfection. And I... This is not a failure. Thank you, Kaveh, for correcting me in our pre-chat. Listeners, my systems are not always set up properly. The verbiage is not always correct when emails go out. Hey, I'm a person. We're not all perfect. We need to be imperfectly imperfect. No, let me try that again. Perfectly imperfect and embrace that. So when Kaveh actually registered or signed up to be a, a guest, uh, the verbiage in my emails actually mentioned Skype. So he was all prepared to be in a quiet space. I want you to know it was a mishap on my side, but I know that we're going to have a blast on this podcast. So if you can just forgive the background noise, it is my fault and not Kaveh's. And with that, Kaveh, I would love if you would jump in and introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us your backstory about how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. What up, guys? I really appreciate, you know, first and foremost, uh, there, Kim, you having me on the show. I love the methodology of of being perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect, right? We learn, we grow, we progress. I also want to thank you for, you know, acknowledging we're all learning, we're all growing, and that there is some background noise. So I apologize to you guys. I wish we we, um, had uh, prevented that. But like you said, we're going to have an awesome show. So yeah, I go by Inspiration Engineer. Um, What we do is we help people find freedom and fulfillment, and we do that using motivational media and creative art. So it's been just a really fun uh, journey getting to this point and getting clarity around what we're building. How did you how did you start on this path? What brought you here? So I started out knowing what I wanted to do very early and it was interesting how it evolved. So in sixth grade, seventh grade, I was one of those kids where I, I fell in love with music. My cousin did music and I was mentoring with him. And my dad would give me these, uh, I call them heroic speeches, because <laughs> he would be like, you can be anything you want to be, dun, 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 like that, you know, this little hero, hero speech. And I said to him, when I figured it out, I was like, dad, I want to be a musician. And he goes, well, not that, like, do, do something else. And I'm like, really, bro, right? And so anyway, it, it sparked this rage. And so a lot of my journey was focusing on music solely and trying to figure that out. And so for those that don't know, about the music business. The music business is a monopolized business where record labels basically own, it's like, it's like old day slavery, right? Like they own the artists and the artists aren't like, it's not like entrepreneurialism where the artists are owned. So me knowing that I knew I wanted to be independent. So we sold out our first concert of um, 1,209 people when I was uh, 18. And I thought from that, I was like, surely my parents are going to go all in on me at this point. And they still didn't believe in me and want me to do that. And they were there. They witnessed it. And I couldn't believe it. So it, it, it sent me down this, this spiraling rage. Like I was enraged by it. And um, long story short, we tried to duplicate because 
a lot of musicians, your Master P's, people that know hip hop, like Master P, 50 Cent, Jay-Z, all these guys that people admire, they sell drugs to give venture capital. And it's not knocking them per se, but that just wasn't what I wanted to do. So I said, I'm going to figure out how I can raise capital. The, the school made their money when we did it. We did it for the, um, it was called a pig project. So it was a government project. Don't ask me how I sold my teacher, Mr. Weir, on doing a concert for that. But I did my senior year, and I couldn't get paid. So I said, okay, I'm going to do this again in college at Ball State. So if we did 1,200, it's, uh, you know, 1,209, whatever. If it's 45 minutes away, we can do this again, and we'll get paid. And so, Kim, I'm going to ask you, the, the auditorium was 3,500 capacity seats. How many tickets would you say that would you, would you think that we sold? for that well i want to think positive it's a positive productivity podcast so i'd love to say you sold more than 3500 oh i would love that i love it i love it we sold 333 tickets out of 3500 correct absolutely what was what was interesting at that time i had this really big head and i needed to be humbled and i think that's something that we really, you know, sparked that that energy at that time, and w- there was a lot of accomplishment during that phase of the journey. And I'm gonna I'm gonna recap here really quickly. But during that phase, we, uh, without an organization, a frat group, or you know, any school, we were able to get on bsu.edu.com. Like right when you went to the website, our face was right there. The concert was well promoted, but I was charging fifteen dollars a ticket then. Dave Chappelle came to our school and charged $22 a ticket. So that shows you how egotistical or arrogant my head was then. Like I was like, it's a, it's a $15 show, right? For, for college kids. But long story short, from that moment, from that moment, we went into depression and a lot of mental uh, opportunities to overcome and gathered skills. I worked for uh, Google, University of Phoenix Dish Network, and all these different businesses, learning their systems, mastering sales. And then now, like I said, to, to shorten it, to not go too long-winded, um, from then until now, we just start piecing all these different things together. There's music, there's motivation, following Tony Robbins, all these sales skills. It's like, how does it all come together? And being that it didn't actually come together, nothing really technically tied together, we can teach those skills, but we created our own lane. So that's how Inspiration Engineer came to be. Does that, does that make sense? Oh, I love it. I love it. I have to tell you, my husband is a U.S. Air Force veteran. And when he was stationed in South Korea, he actually convinced, and I don't know the official ranking of the, of the guy, but he convinced the head guy on the base to allow him to throw a rave. Okay. It was not. It was not the rave with drugs and everything. But you know, the, the table. I. I'm not in music. I won't sing on a podcast because I'll get instant unsubscribes. But you know the the black lights, the flashing lights, the you know everything. He had on contact lenses and crazy colors and. Yeah, big old party on base, and he still jokes about it to this day. I don't know how he pulled that off, you know. So I, I'm not surprised that you were able to get your teacher to allow you to throw a concert. That's awesome. Thank you. It was it was a great turnout. I mean, it was one of the um, 
it was one of the best experiences I think I could say I've ever had. And, and to be that at that age and to already experience a certain level of fame. I mean, because it was in a city of 16,000 people, you sold, we sold, we were able to sell out almost 10% of the population of the city. So, you know, that was like a big win. And the energy there, the love there, the excitement there was just one of those experiences to remember. And the pain of what that created really helped us to find our why. You know, like Simon Sinek talks about, you know, start with why. What is your why? And our why is because they, everybody kind of experiences this. They said you can't. Somebody, your family or your friend or some mentor told you you can't have what you want to have. You can't be your dream. And that is what inspired us and motivated us and it motivates us to this day. And that's one thing that it really created a, a, a true clarity as to what our why is and how we want to serve. Isn't you can't, like just greater a greater push to go prove people wrong just i I remember my mom telling me not to push or not to touch the pan when she made like muffins when i was four or something and just because i was told you you can't don't do that i did it right and it's been that way ever since i was a little girl somebody tells me i can't better believe i'm gonna go do it just because they told me not to (laughs) Absolutely. I think it depends on the personality, actually. I think that for some people, it's it's a motivator and it's something that creates for us a way like, okay, like you just said, just because you told me I can't do this. Oh, it's done. Like it's already done now. Whereas now get this. I know a friend of mine, her name is Shelly, and she was telling me about her mother and her mother transitioned out of corporate America or corporate life to go start a business. Right. And when she started this business, she actually had success on this entrepreneurial venture. Okay. And I'm talking about financial success, especially. And so all of her friends, all of her close, like, I guess, closest friends came to her and was like, I don't remember her name. We'll just call her Becky for now. They're like, Becky, like, what are you doing? Like, you're crazy. Like, you should go back to doing what you do. Like, what are you doing? And all that pressure, all that peer pressure, she quit her entrepreneurial venture and went right back to corporate America. And when Shelly told me this, my, my mouth went through the floor. I was like, what? Like, what do you mean? Like, uh, it's one thing you don't have success in your venture. It's another thing you have success, but you don't have financial success. So not only did she have success, she had financial success. And just because of that social pressure, she quit. And so you think about that. Now, this is a grown woman. This is someone probably in their 40s to 50s to 60s. And if a person that, that is that age can experience that... What are children experiencing? What are little kids experiencing when when someone they admire, someone they respect, someone that they listen to for guidance tells them that they can't they can't be? And that's one of those things that just it's just such a woo, just talking about it. Just if you can't hear it, just it pisses me off. And so like that's what I mean. Like I think it just depends on the person. And luckily for us, you and you and I, Kim, we're the type of people where that is a positive inspirational force versus a negative. Oh, absolutely. And I should modify when I said that I'll go do everything that people tell me not to do. I mean, that doesn't involve the illegal. So I don't want to be raising any flags out there. But it's totally there's totally a mindset thing and and, a a mindset connected to that. And my confidence and my mindset have both evolved even in my adult life, I would have to say even more in my adult life because it's taken a lot for me to realize that yes, I can do anything that I want to do 
some of it may take a hell of a lot more work than I expected, but I can accomplish anything. Kave, have you had coaches along the way that have been supporting you and mentoring you to continue growing and get to where you are now? And are they part of your growth strategy into the future? Such a phenomenal question. Earlier on, we lacked that aspect of it. Now, you, someone can make the argument and say, well, Kobe, you had teachers and those people served as your early you know, mentors, if you will. And that's, to me, in- inaccurate. What I look at as a mentor is a person who he or she has accomplished certain things in their lives, and then they coach you accordingly to those specific verticals or objectives or goals. That's a true mentor. And for, for my journey, from I would say early on you know and, and you brought up something really interesting I want to touch on too as far as parenting right there's a certain level of parenting and I don't have kids but I know you do Kim so I wanted to share this right there's a certain level Just to me where <laughs> right there's, there's a certain level of parenting where it's like um, I'm the authoritarian and there's a little big di- dictatorship here early on like stove is hot don't touch it stove is hot I already know it's hot don't touch it you're young you don't know don't touch that and then there's the to me, the other side of parenting where it's now we become more friends and there's this mentor there. So my parents were mentors when it came to fleshly things, spiritual things, laying down that foundation as to character. But when it came to entrepreneurialism, when it came to dreams, when it came to going above and beyond and and finding excellency there, they lacked. So I don't want to say I didn't have any mentors because that would be inaccurate as well. Um, I had mentors for that piece. Once it, once we got into more of like expanding upon the music side of the journey, and then obviously where we're at now, we have definitely grown in our mentor uh, market or our mentor network that is there that really helps us to reverse engineer strategy and really deep dive into you know execution. So hopefully that that answers your question. Oh, and that makes a lot of sense. And and I. You know, there there is, as a parent myself, I realize there is that line that we have to straddle sometimes or a lot of the time, especially I see it with my 12 year old and my 15 year old. You know, I want them to feel like they're open. They're able to talk to me anytime, but they also have to be mentored. They have to understand that. I mean, even this simple issue of chores, this is like your job when you get older. If you don't do your chores, you don't get rewarded. It's like doing your job. If you don't do your job, you don't get paid. But with that said, one thing that I've been really enforcing with my kids is they'll be talking, especially my 15-year-old will talk about what he wants to be when he's older. And, okay. And he'll talk about, he, he really wants to be a major league baseball umpire. That is his dream. Awesome. However, he knows that that is a very tough field to get into. It, it's like being a, you know, a, a famous musician. It's going to, there is a little bit of... I I hate to say it this way because I really don't believe in luck, but there is a little bit of luck. There's some timing, there's connections, you know, all of that. Being in the right place at the right time, meeting the right connections, that is what it will take to be an umpire. And I'm all out, or like I'm all forward. No, I'm all for pursuing that. However, on the flip side, he's like, well, maybe I should go to college for something that's going to pay a lot. So he comes up with these things and I don't even think he has an interest in it. And I'm like, well, why do you want to do that? He's like, because they pay well. And I just had to say, I am not going to allow you 
to pursue a college degree and maybe you know maybe that is not something i should say but i'm not going to allow you to pursue a college degree for something that i'm gonna that i know you're gonna be bored as heck doing in another 30 40 years do you really want to be sitting behind a desk doing that just because of money i'm like i just want you to think about it and i think that's how so many more parents need to do it but i think so many people especially in this day and age have well, I'm a I'm a suburb girl, so we were sort of raised to go to high school, go to college, you know, work the corporate life. There was never anything about entrepreneurship and following our dreams when we were growing up. And I think there needs to be more of that. Pursue your passion because there is income to be made. Well, there's a there's a few things you hit on there, right? So one of the things that was most recent was the art of fulfillment and that's one of the things we're most passionate about trying to teach and it's 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 hard to teach right because um when it comes to fulfillment we all know these stories either personally or we've heard about them people that have an abundance of wealth and they're not fulfilled internally and i think that fulfillment is an attachment of mental spiritual physical relationships and love and then a purpose your purpose attaches to something that you're really deeply passionate about that's what creates that fulfillment and i think that a lot of people they have an idea of what they want to do and they don't know okay well what is the what is the road to success to, to get this and what i would tell a person and this is something actionable guys for all the listeners right now you may want to write this down because kim just said it but i'm gonna i want to go ahead and just add on to it because it's so important one of the things that i heard early on was that your network equals your net worth. I think that was said by like a Zig Ziglar or a Jim Rohn, somebody early on, right? And we now, we now take that one step further. We say that relationships drive revenue. I'm going to say that again. Relationships drive revenue. So with that philosophy, if you align yourself, so let's take your son for an example. He doesn't know how to get into the umpire world. Okay, well, what I would do if I was him immediately is I would figure out who are the umpires that I even want to be like, right? Start there. Who, 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 what umpires do I imagine myself to be? And then what I would do is I would research their story. I would research their journeys. I would reverse engineer their journeys. And then if I was him, and this applies to everybody, then I would go look at what is the industry, like, like what is the industry data or the industry, what is it like? And then I would spend as much time in that industry. I tell my nieces this all the time. There are not too many people that will turn down free work and free labor. So go intern, go just go there and say, hey, I want to bring some value. I want to learn. I want to build and whatever I got to do to bring you some value, that's what I'm going to do. And most people are receptive to that because they understand in their own journey they had to do that and then start building those relationships. And that way on the ground level, he could figure out, is this something that I want to do or is it, is it not? And that's what I, I say to my niece is like, go, go, go play in that field and figure it out. What, one thing I just want to touch on really quick back on the parenting. What I don't agree with is this when parents say, cause this is what my parents did. My parents had, and actually I'm gonna back up a little bit before that. Majority of our lives, we're told by someone else what is in our best interest. It starts out with your parents or your foster parents or guardian or who's ever watching you. And then it escalates into, you know, the, the system and the education system and your teachers know what's best for you. The reality is people don't know what's best for you. You already know. So with that stated, you need resources to be able to explore that. And I don't think a parent should ever say what you should, or anybody for that matter, what you should and shouldn't do. It should say, or, or look at it or perceive it like, okay, this is what you want to do. I don't know how the hell to do what you want to do, but I'm here as a resource to help put you in the right networks 
so that you can figure out if that's what you want to do. And that's what I would tell any any parent or any counselor if that if that if that aligns. Oh, I love that. And this is so if, if she's listening, I'm sorry, but no, I'm actually not sorry. My ex-husband, my my older two sons, father actually married the daughter of the president of a big local hospital network. So he's got connections. So I told my son, talk to your grandpa, that grandpa, and find out who he knows. Because we've got we've got the Dayton Dragons here. I'm in Dayton, Ohio. We've got the Dayton Dragons, our minor league team. And we've got the Cincinnati Reds just, you know, an hour down the road. I'm sure he knows somebody. Just, just like you were saying, relationships equal revenue. Yeah. I actually had an interesting situation with a couple of my coaches after I became an entrepreneur. They they started to sense that I was interested in following my passion, but they saw that the other side of my business was lucrative and could make quite a bit of money. So they were actually pushing me to make products there. And not to compare them to your parents, but yes, to compare them to your parents, I got a little bit put off. And it didn't make me happy. You know, I was paying them to help me find success. And then I went through a major uh, life change and was introduced to Daniel Laporte. Are you familiar with Daniel Laporte, Covey? Uh, not right off hand. If I see, a, I'm a visual kind of guy. So if I see a visual, I can let you know further. But the name doesn't ring a bell. Okay. Well, she's very much about following your passion, being in flow and not putting too much pressure. She would say it's so much better than that, but that's basically the gist of it. So I was introduced to her and I realized, you know, I need to follow my heart. I need to stop worrying about income and be focused on making an impact. And everything lined up and I finally found a coach who is totally in line with that. It's not about just building the income-based product because their income you know the the income potential is so great but it's about following the passion because the income will follow and that's what i want to encourage any listeners to do and i'm sure kaveh would as well absolutely one of the things that one of my newer uh, mastermind buddies says and i love it he says money follows attention so maybe that's biased because he's an actual marketer, right? So someone that has the a marketing skill, uh, that that's what they do for a living, right? That might be a little biased, but I think it's phenomenal. You know, money follows attention, and it really does. I mean, when you think about an influencer or a lifestyle brand or a celebrity, they're a celebrity because they have influence. So, you know, there's also a value they bring to the table as well. Like, we can't disregard that. But as far as the attention piece, I think that's very accurate. And I think that everyone doesn't require or desire fame, you know, influence, all that. Some people have more of an introverted, um, you know, lifestyle, and that's great as well. But I do believe there is some truth to creating influential um, momentum and an influential energy and being able to get your dreams that way. And when you combine that, and I'll show one more thing with you guys, too, that was really interesting to me that I heard a long time ago, which this is old school philosophy. Um, Zig Ziglar said, you know, if you want to get more value, become more valuable. If you want to get more value, become more valuable. So the more skills that you acquire, the more philosophies and ideologies that you have 
inside of your operating system, which is our brain, the more value you can be. And if you couple that with building a network, you couple that with learning marketing and learning attention and with social media, it's kind of hard uh, not to do this now. But if you couple those things together, to me, that's a win, win, win. And it's a, it's a fail safe for a fail safe for a fail safe. So that's what I would encourage listeners to do is start getting those skills, being valuable, doing some internships and putting themselves in the places where they can really build those relationships and provide value to those relationships immediately. Yeah. And I actually want to add, give more value too to that equation, not just become more valuable, but give more value. I heard a phrase recently that said, give in public, sell in private. And I thought that was so wonderful because it's talking about, you know, giving, giving, giving on social media, give, don't be asking all the time. Don't be pushing your sales. But it's only after somebody connects with you and is obviously interested. Then you take the mess, Then you take the conversation off the public face and get to know more about them. And then you possibly, you know, start talking to them about what you're selling. And I've also been hearing, um, I think the first person that I actually heard this from was Amy Porterfield, was just offer so much value up front for free that they wonder what else there could be if they hired you or engaged in you further, you know, after investing. And I love that. Like, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm pushing, pushing, pushing all the time for the sale. Yes, I do have promos at the beginning of the podcast, but that's, I hope it's not turning anybody off, but Hey, it's my podcast. I can do what I, I want. Right. <laughs> right. But it's all, even everything that I promote is trying to give value not trying it's it is we have to eliminate try do you agree like, absolutely eliminate the word try absolutely we have to we have to be we have to state it and claim it like <laughs> claim it and make it happen I'm a, I'm a spiritual guy so what we do is on the spiritual side and to you know everybody's faith or whatever you believe like to each his own we've got agnostic and atheist friends and all that we don't judge we're not here to do that but I always like to state it claim it and then put it in jesus name <laughs> it's a, kind of like a, a the disclaimer it's like the signature on an email uh in jesus name amen boom belief done and done but i think you gotta say it and biblically you know from biblical scripture it talks about you, uh, the the life and death is in the power of the tongue so if that can be and if one believes that story and believes and, and even if you're not spiritual right we we believe in um positive affirmations right people talk about say, saying something and programming yourself so even on just a natural level, like there is something definitely to speaking it into existence. Um, one thing that you had said that I wanted to touch on too is back to giving more, giving value. And when you're it comes from um, with all those jobs that I did, we had I had like thirty three. Like I used to feel really bad being a job hopper because <laughs> I worked for like thirty three companies. Real talk, uh, doing sales. And what I would do is I would sit with all the top performers and I would shadow them. And then I would reverse engineer what they said, how they said it with tonality and so on and so forth. And I wanted to share this because technically, right, salespeople get a really bad rep, right? It's like if you're if you're selling to manipulate, if you're not being persuasive, um, but you're actually manipulating people or lying, that's a that's a huge no, no. But with what we're talking about right now, the reality of the situation is everybody's a salesperson. 
everybody. People go to jobs and they sell themselves in a res- you know, with their resume and what they can accomplish. When you're a parent or you're a sibling or you're a family member, you sell people on ideas. Hey, I want to go to this movie. Hey, you should go to this school. Hey, you should do this. We're always selling ideas. So our philosophy is really everybody's a salesperson, whether you identify as that or not, because we all want our way. <laughs> we all want things to go in our favor. So if we can change our philosophy around quote unquote selling, right, it's nothing more than presenting an opportunity that we believe brings value to both parties and we are transparent in that effort, then then we create what we call the win 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 approach, right? And we feed multiple multiple birds with one seed, and that's what we try to do. And that way it relieves that pressure. It's like, hey, I've got an opportunity for you. This is what we're doing. Do you want to be a part of it or do you not? And if you do, great. If you don't, great. We're going to keep moving. Somebody's going to want to be a part of it. But it just it totally relieves that, alleviates that pressure. Thank you so much for bringing up if they don't want it, you know, leave because I don't get it all offended. I'm not worried when people unsubscribe from my newsletter. It, we can't please everybody, and we shouldn't try to please everybody. We need to stay with our voice, be transparent, be authentic, and just keep moving forward. Kaveh, what is your vision for this year in your business? Mm, great question, great question. So our theme this year is Inspiration Engineering. And what majority of people say is like, okay, well, what is inspiration engineering? And it really ties together edification, right? Speaking light and love into people. So we start there. And that's our vision for this year and this this focus year, teaching certain things that we've we've validated within the brand, within the empire, um, because we have an early stage empire, and validating certain parts to the world, like really bringing in that attention. Outside of that, where we're going, because people want to say, well, what's the big picture, right? The big picture is to impact 3 billion people. And one of those one of those target markets that marketers say or people say is musicians. And we really want to help musicians or creative artists, I should say, people that are more right brain creative to understand there's a new way of going about building your art. And when we think about, you know, actually like painting art, right, like a Vincent Van Gogh painting, can sell or does sell for $42 million. I've never heard of an album which has visual art and audibly audible art selling for anything close to that, right? And so we want to be able to break creatives away from thinking, oh, I need Hollywood, I need Oscars, I need Grammy, I need the record label, I need these things. It's like, no, you don't. You have everything that you are that is creative. And if you change your philosophy and understand like more of the entrepreneurial spirit, then you understand what your true value is. And without your art, there is no business. And we get really passionate about that message. Without your art, there is no business. And people think they are subject to the owner or the publisher. And it's like, no, the publisher is technically subject to you. But the way the monopolies ran right now, it doesn't appear that way. So we want to change that paradigm and create that paradigm shift in people. So outside of podcasts, how are you getting word out about your brand right now? Our first, that's a phenomenal question. Our first year was really about validating this empire thinking. 
because we were seeing like, you know, we started doing research on like Tony Robbins and Oprah and Richard Branson. And there wasn't a lot of content out there on how do you go about building this big vision? Like, how do you do it? And we just started doing it. We started keeping data and track record around each vertical. And uh, there was this really interesting story. And I'm going to come back to answer that. I haven't forgotten. But we sat down with this one investor who could look at our data. He was seeing you know, what we were doing and what we were building. And everybody said, this is not going to work. You need to focus on one thing. That's what everybody said. And I'm like, no, like we're going to build out each layer of the business. And so we started doing that. He looked at all the data and he said, Kave, I really think you're onto something here. And that was the first person because everybody told us not to do that. That was the first person that really it, it boosted our spirit. So how we're going about getting the word out now is we're aligning other brands and, and validating around that. So before you and I got on the um, on the call, Kim, I don't know if this is private. So if I share this, please edit it out because I don't know. But you were talking about TED. So we're um, booking out our tour right now, which is one part of getting the brand out. We just got on uh, two TED. We have one verbal TED confirmation. The other one's written down. So we're going to get on the TED stage this year, God willing, done and done, in Jesus' name, amen. And we're going to tour um, nationally and internationally. And then the last piece is we're partnering with certain marketers and then having them do what they do, delegating and launching content, content, content. That's our strategy. I am so excited to hear that you are doing TED. It's so amazing. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's so exciting. Um, one thing I want listeners to write down right now, if you still got that pencil and paper and if you're driving, no worries, but come back and write this down. One thing that I've learned, Kim, is when you get other brands attached to your brand, I think you would agree with me, it boosts your credibility. And I'll never forget, we didn't run a lot of ads, but when we were published, um, there was a story written about us as far as being a strategic coach in the Huffington Post. And just because we got in the Huffington Post, everybody was like, Calve is, and, and we were humbled by it, like no arrogance, no ego, but they were like, Calve is somebody we need to know just because they saw the Huffington Post in on our name. And so, you know, we were recently, um, we recently also got uh, Thrive Global to uh, allow us to be able to contributor uh, through them because of uh, Miss Kim actually was, was helping us up, right? So that, that now happened. And so it's all about when you, when you start talking about giving value, and, and I want to give you so much credit, Kim, because that was just phenomenal. We got approved uh, from you. And so I want other people to know, like, that's the name of the game. You know, get learn some skills, get some value, give value, and then give it to brands that credit give you immediate credibility and then use that, I guess you could say for leverage or use that for positioning or use that for authority to help others get authority. And now you just keep leveling up your brand. And that is the name of the game. I I know some listeners ears just perked up about Thrive Global. So I do have to ask, were you authentic and transparent and just yourself when you submitted? You didn't, you didn't go like over professional and what they wanted to hear. I hope. I traditionally am so me that it's it, it, it probably sickens people, right? Like I use a lot of slang. I just said dope on your podcast. I, I, I don't do the suit and tie thing very often. Like I, I can. Um, we had to create with, with, with inspiration engineering being its own thing. We align with the Eric Thomas philosophy 
Eric Thomas is like a hip hop motivational speaker guy. He goes by ET, the hip hop preacher. And he's like, I'm always in this hip hop mode. So we partly align with that philosophy and we differ a little bit. We think that you can, you can create what we call skins. So for those of you guys that are gamers or, you know, you play games or know about games, there's like different games like Sims or where you can basically create a player. And usually those kinds of games allow you to pick like five outfits. <laughs> They're like five styles, right? And those five styles can be your brand. Like you could create your more professional corporate style. For us, that's more like a, like a model down the runway. It's not necessarily suit and tie, but it's more model S. And then we created our own style where we take like a, like a Under Armour type of shirt, which is like that coaching with some skinny jeans pants and then like some model-esque or artistry shoes. But that looks still corporate and still professional. So I think there's just different skins. You know, if someone says um, one of our, our, our uh, network uh, masterminds, he was like, man, I haven't figured out, you know, I'm like this skater guy and I don't really like dressing up all super professional. And I was like, well, why don't you you know, get a stylist and have somebody help you kind of cu customize something new. And I think one can always do that. But yeah, to answer your question, I'm always transparent. 3000% uh, transparency is our core value on that. And at the end of the day, if someone doesn't like me, then, you know, it's kind of like, hey, screw off type of deal. Like, not screw off. I mean, that sounds very negative, but you get it. It's like, hey, no, we're, not I totally get it. we're not meant for each other. Keep it moving. Like, that's how we do it. Right. Yeah, and I just want to bring this up to listeners. Listeners, if you're submitting to like, if you're submitting to be a contributor anywhere, please be yourself. Even if you come and you want to be a guest on the Positive Productivity Podcast, don't put on a face just because you think that it will impress me more. No, I want to know who you are. So do the editors of these publications. Like, give them your true voice because this is what you are going to be, hopefully, producing for their for their platform in the future. When I started out my business in 2012, I was writing what I thought other people wanted to hear. I was dressing up in a suit virtually when I really wanted to write from the yoga pants and t-shirt, like be totally transparent, but I didn't think I could do that. But if we're not doing that, then we are not doing justice to ourselves. And I can't remember exactly how Marianne, Wil Marianne Williamson's quote goes, but it's not doing justice to the rest of the world to hide our message, message inside either. We're doing, we're, we're doing an injustice to everybody, including ourselves, to hide that. I think so. I think that the, the more that we disassociate with who we truly are, and, and like uh, Lewis Howes has that book outright, called masculine masculinity which is about the male demographic but i think it applies to male and female i don't think it's a gender-based thing you know we go into these interviews or we go to these opportunities and we're just someone who we are not like that's just what we do and we're we're traditionally used to doing that here in the united states i think that could differ you know country to country or ethnicity to ethnicity you know culture based whatever but in the united states in america that's what people are used to doing they're used to being something that they're not in the quote-unquote business world and then in the personal world you're someone totally different i think the more that again we can al align who we are because there's not two lives right it's one life it's you're one person there's not really two lives even though that's how people get it but the more that we can align to our true nature i think that that's when we really can feel fulfilled and, and at rest at peace absolutely definitely i love that i haven't read that I'm going to have to, I, I, listeners, all the links that we've talked about, all the books that 
have been mentioned and all the mentors will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP276. Kobe, this has been an incredible chat. Thank you so much for joining me on the Positive Productivity Podcast. Where can listeners connect with you, learn more? Yeah, where, where can they get, get to know you more? Yeah, we're we're we try to be on all platforms. So I really I do not like it when somebody says because we usually hear this in artistry people be like Google me. I hate when somebody says that. But if if they were like they wanted to access like the SoundCloud and all the different things, everything's under Cave. So C A U V is in victory. E is an elephant. E is an elephant. So Cave. They can also go to just Cave dot com uh, forward slash about. And they can uh, go there as well. And then we have um, kaveh.com forward slash uh, the productivity podcast. And they can get some additional resources there, uh, you know, as far as some giveaways we want to give specifically to your audience. So those would be the three places they can go for us. Listeners, once again, if you're driving or on the elliptical, please don't try to write this down. I know that me writing on the elliptical would not be a good site. I would be down for weeks afterwards. But all the links that Kaveh just mentioned will be in the show notes again at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp276. Kaveh, again, this has been incredible. Thank you again. Do you have a parting piece of advice or a golden nugget that you can offer to listeners? Yes, I do. I want to share with them and you guys listening right now this quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson. It's how we do everything, and I think it's so powerful. And he says, unfortunately, it's not a uh, co-gender quote, but I want to give you guys the quote as a co-gender quote. So he goes, as to methods, there may be a million in some. The man who can successfully grasp the principle may successfully select his own methods. So again, that's as to methods, there may be a million in some. The person that can successfully grasp the principle may successfully uh, launch his own methods. That came out totally backwards, but you got the point. <laughs> you have now made the blooper real. <laughs> I am on the bloopers. Let's go. Let's go. Send me the bloopers. I want to feel. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Have you requested your seven-day free version of the Positive Productivity Planner yet? If not, I want to encourage you to go over to thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP and pick up your copy today. This free version of the planner is going to help get you on track of leading a more positive and productive personal and professional life. Again, you can get your copy at thekimsutton.com forward slash 7DP. 